Good morning, and welcome to all of you that are gathered here in the sanctuary, along with those listening on radio and watching us on Facebook Live. Thank you for joining us this morning for worship at First Church. This morning, we are happy to have with us this morning the Jordan and Dana Setledge family come up, and they're going to light our Advent candles this morning. Soon we shall celebrate the birth of Jesus. We worship God with joy in our hearts as we are reminded of the words Jesus spoke to his disciples. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. The first scripture is Luke 2, 8 through 11. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. We light this candle to proclaim the coming of the light of God into the world. With the coming of this light, there is joy. Joy that is in our hearts, not only as Christians, but always. The second scripture reading is from First Peter 1, 6 through 9. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let us pray. O Holy One, as Christmas draws near, there is a sense of excitement in the air. We can feel a joy in our lives and see it in those around us. Still, for some of us, this is a sad time because of happy things that have happened in our lives. Help us to have the joy that does not depend on earthly happiness, but on you. Help us to be filled with your joy so that we may share it with a joyless world. Amen. Thank you, Jordan and Dana. And now to continue in our service, would you please rise and join in our singing of our three songs this morning. Joy to the world. Oh, come, let us adore him and the Revelation song. Just say 
Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you this morning, Father, to sing praises to you, to worship you. And Father, you have allowed us to come right in front of you, Father. You have allowed us to come into your presence. And that is only true because of what your son did on the cross for us, Father, that you allow this to happen. So, Father, I I pray for all those in our congregation, all those in our community and surrounding areas that have difficulties in your life, Father. Whether it be health issues or whatever it may be, Father. I pray that you walk right alongside of them, Father. You give them comfort and peace. And even though they're still going to continue to suffer and have problems, I pray that you bring joy to their lives, Father, knowing that you are with them every minute of every day. And, Father, as we move on in our service this morning, we pray for Pastor Joel's message. We pray that it is received by all those listening to it today, that the Holy Spirit opens their hearts and their souls to his message. We pray that the words he speaks today are the words that you have put on his heart. I pray that he be bold in his delivery, Father. So I pray that you bless his message this morning, Father. And, Father, as we move forward into this next week, we get into the holiday season, Father. And and it's a joyous time. It really is, Father. We, We can meet with friends and family and celebrate with them and and open presents and all that, Father. But I pray that as busy as what it gets and as hectic as what it gets sometimes, I pray that we could just sit back and think a moment and reflect on why we are doing this. It is such a special time, Father, that you sent your Son to be born of virgin birth. He lived a perfect life unblemished, perfect life. And he went to the cross for our sins. And three days later, he rose again from the dead, Father, and ascended up to you. And he gives us hope. He gives us joy. We cannot do this alone, but if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we will have him forever. He will be, we have these parties and these celebrations. I pray that we reflect on that. I pray that the parents would make this a point of mention to their children. Allow them to know this at an early age, exactly what this is all about. And Father, I just pray for so many people out there. I pray for all those that are lost and need salvation. I pray that you'd come and walk alongside of them, Father. I pray that you'd put it on their hearts that they seek you. They start to try and figure this out. And you have have promised, Father, that if we seek you, we will find you. And we're so grateful for that, Father. We're grateful for all you have done for us. We're grateful for the season that we're in right now, Father, that we can celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. So, Father, we just thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that he has done for us, and we thank you for giving us the prayer 
that he taught us as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. Now will the children come forward for the children's chat with Mrs. Lammers? Christmas party last night. I still can say, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> oh, the sugar has hit. You have a bunch of Christmas decorations around your house? Yeah. You know, I had a grandson that told me, Grandma, do you really need all this stuff? And I go, you've been spending too much time with your grandpa. <laughs> so we're going to look at some of that stuff. And see what we can do and talk about Jesus and everything that we're looking at. Would you like to help me? You wouldn't? That's all right. Lainey, you help me. All right. I have all kinds of Christmas stuff in here. Come on. And she's going to pull it out. And you tell me how you think that has anything to do. Come all the way up here. There. You picked something out of there. <gasps> What's that? You look at those needles. That's what we call these green things here. Which way are they pointing up? Up? <laughs> yes, I was at a Christmas party last night. They're pointing up to where? God in heaven. Evergreen trees are green all year long. So they show us that Jesus is forever. All right, what else do we have in here? Oh, we all like these. Presents. What do you think that's about? Hmm? Giving? Giving to whom? Giving back to God? We give presents because what? To be nice. Who brought presents to Jesus? The wise men. So Christmas is not all about presents, is it? We've got to remember that Jesus was treated like a king, and they brought him presents. Okay, what else we got in there? Oh, you have any of these around the house? What is that? Candles. If you have a room with all the lights out and you, tur- you light a candle, what happens? It lights up. Who's the light of the world? Jesus. That's right. And some of these candles turn on themselves at a certain time at night, and it's so neat to see all those candles around. And just think of that. Jesus is there. 
And we need to share our light with other people because not everybody knows about Jesus or that he was born on Christmas Day. So we need to share that. Okay, what else we got in here? Oh, how many of those do we have in there? Three of them. What are we doing with these ornaments? Do you have ornaments on your tree? Some of them you made a lot. Too many? (laughs) They're always too many when you uh, have to put them away, not when you get them out. Okay, ornaments. When you put ornaments on the tree and you look at those, some of them are memories. Some of them are things that you made. Some of them even mom and dad made, which is fun, or places you've been. Count every one of those ornaments as a blessing. Think of that ornament of a blessing of having parents, a blessing of having food, a bed to sleep in, and all those kind of things. Blessings from God should always be remembered every day, not just at Christmas. Okay, what else do we have? Oh, do we know what this is? A flower. What kind of a flower? Big word. Poinsettia. That's right. It's a poinsettia. And what colors are they? Red and green. Exactly. So the red reminds us that Jesus gave his life for us, and the green means that he lives forever. And a poinsettia can be alive all year around, too. All right. What else do we have in our stash here? How many? We're getting less and less of these. What is it? Do you know what it is? A Christmas card. And what's on the front of that Christmas card? Can you see? The stable. And if we send these cards to our family and friends, what are we telling them? That Jesus was born, and they have some three camels coming to him. What are those three camels? Wise men. So if there's somebody in, that you know that doesn't know about Jesus, you can spread the good news by sending Christmas cards like this. Okay, what else we have? A cookie cutter. Now, i got to tell you, I had to hunt for this and had Play-Doh in it. This is what kind of a cookie cutter? Okay. Now, did God stamp every one of you out of the same cookie cutter? He didn't. You mean you don't all look the same? No. God loves each of you individually. So when he stamped you out, he threw that away and got a new one for somebody else. God is truly magnificent. What else we have? Oh, I bet you guys can tell me what this is. Supposed to be a star. I bet you guys can tell me what this is. Oh, you are very good. This star. Tell me about the star. Tell me about the star. It was in the sky. Miles? It was over Jesus when he was born. What else? Yes. And you know that star is so important because it lit up the sky, really, for years. So the wise men didn't come to see Jesus till he was maybe two years older. And just think about that star because they didn't have all the city lights. It was dark. And then you had this magnificent star that told about Jesus. Okay. What we got next? Ho, ho, ho. 
What we got here? Bells. Today is the third day week in uh, Advent for joy. Are bells happy? Are they very, very happy? Yes. And they were wrong to bring the sheep back to the fold sometimes. Did you know that? The sheep are all scattered around. And the shepherd wants to get them in. And he rings a bell. And they know it's time to go to safety to be cared for. Who's our shepherd? Jesus is our shepherd. And he wants us to come back to the fold so he can take care of us. Okay, we've got a couple more things. Oh, I bet you guys like to rip these off, don't you? Huh? Is it a waste to put those on presents? Yeah. <laughs> but moms, they make them look pretty. Y'all look at all those. You know, they hold the present together. And these strings, these ribbons, can help hold the family of God together. It binds us all. You can take a string and it binds you to the next person. So think of the ribbons as binding us all in love to God in his family. Okay, a couple more. Now, we've got a better one on the banner up here. You know what this is? This is going to be a hard one. Not mistletoe. I could try it, but what's it look like? It's holly. Now, look at the points on that holly. What do they look like up here on the, on the banner? Are they pointed? They are pointed. It reminds us of the crown of thorns that they put on Jesus' head, and the red berries remind us of the blood he shed for our sin. Okay, a couple more here. <gasps> what are these? angels are angels important oh yeah they're god's what messengers and imagine you being out watching the flocks and besides a great big beautiful star in the sky you have angels coming to sing to you That happens sometimes. So look at the angels. Think of the angels. So is this stuff stuff? Or is it something we can think about Christmas with? But one more thing you have, I have in my pocket here. The most important thing is what? And who's in the manger here? Jesus. Through all the programs and all the wonderful things that we have and our songs that we sing, we can't forget about Jesus. If you do nothing else at Christmas or remember anything else, remember it's all about celebrating the coming of Jesus. God's so wonderful. Let us say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we wait for the day when we celebrate the birth of your Jesus, of Jesus, your Son, our Savior. And we wait for the day he will come again. Fill our hearts with joy that only you can bring. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Carolyn. You guys can head back to your seats. You know, there's some Sundays where I feel like the children's chat is good for all of us to hear. And today was certainly one of those. 
you know, these uh, traditions that Carol was pointing to are, are good reminders of why we celebrate Christmas. And, and as we go through the Christmas season, there's often things we do that have meaning and significance behind it without us even realizing it. And so today was a good reminder of why we do what we do and the traditions that we have around different holidays, especially Christmas, are meant to point us to the real reason that we celebrate. So thank you, Carolyn, for that reminder. Today's offering is to support Elizabeth New Life Center. Um, so, so you have multiple opportunities to support them this Christmas season. Today's offering is going to support them financially. And as Jack said during the announcements, the giving tree in the Heritage Room um, is another way that you can support Elizabeth New Life Center by purchasing items that we can donate there. So I encourage you, however you feel led to give this morning, to give to that great ministry and the work that they do to support young women and families. Let's pray and ask for God's blessing upon this offering. Father God, we are so grateful uh, for all that you've done to, to bless us. And we ask now that as we prepare our hearts to give back to you, that you would bless this offering to further the work of your kingdom through the Elizabeth New Life Center, as, as well as this church and in this community. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
you all will remain standing for the scripture reading. Scripture reading this morning is from Revelation 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creature and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray together again. Lord God, I thank you that we have the opportunity to gather here, the privilege, Lord, to gather here in this place to worship you in song and in prayer. And now with the reading and study of your word, I pray that our hearts and minds would be focused on you, that your Holy Spirit would work in us to Help us to understand and apply your word to our lives. And I pray your Holy Spirit would give me words to speak, words that are honoring and pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. As you've heard many times mentioned already this morning, our theme for this morning for Advent 3 is joy. Um, Now, this year I get to actually uh, speak on joy. The last few years, the Sunday School Christmas program has fallen on this Sunday. And honestly, there's probably no better example of joy than a bunch of kids up here singing songs and doing skits and the readings. And it's always been a blessing to have that. But the way the calendar fell this year, um, we had that last week and, and they did an amazing job. And it was a wonderful time of worship and celebrating all that God has been doing in their lives and, and how we can, uh, the, the peace of God uh, was, was the focus of last week. 
And so today, for the first time in a couple of years, I have an opportunity to speak on joy and share that with you. And as I was thinking about how to, how to frame this message this morning, one of the things I think is important for us to talk about is the difference between that kind of temporary happiness that we can experience in this life and that true eternal joy that comes through Christ. You see, so much of our lives, we are caught up focusing on the here and the now. And we try to derive our happiness or our joy from our circumstances. And there's a couple reasons why that always goes wrong. One is that there are times in our lives where, where we are not happy with where we are, right? There's times where we are going through struggles. We are going through hardships. We are going through loss. And it is hard to find joy in those circumstances. And the holidays especially are a difficult, difficult time for people that are struggling because they bring back all those memories. They bring back their reminders of what was lost or the, the struggle that you're going through. And so for those that are, that are hurting, it's difficult to find happiness or joy in your circumstances. Now, the other side of that coin is just as problematic, but maybe even more insidious. And that is, that is for people that aren't having a difficult time. Now, here's what I mean by this, right? If, if everything's going well, if, if you have all that you need, if, if all the presents under the tree are exactly what you wished for, right, then, then you're going to be tempted to find your joy in those things. Now, the problem with that is that those things are never going to last, and they're never going to ultimately satisfy you, bring, bring you the joy and the, the hope and the peace and the love that you long for. And so for, for those that are struggling, right, it's hard to find joy and happiness in your circumstances. But for those that aren't struggling, for those that are where, where you can look at your life and say things are going pretty well, the temptation is to find your joy and your happiness in those things as well. But the reality is that even the good things in life aren't going to last forever. Right? Even the blessings that God provides aren't meant to be ends in and of themselves. They're meant to point us to something greater. They're meant to point us to the one who blesses, who is Christ. You see, when we try to find our joy and our happiness in the things of this world, we're always going to fall short. We're either going to be disappointed now because things aren't going the way we expect them to, or we're going to be disappointed later when we realize those things don't last forever. And so then the question remains, where do we find our joy? Well, true, lasting, eternal joy is only found in Christ, our resurrected King. We're going to be spending this Sunday as well as the Sunday of New Year's Eve studying the book of Revelation. And as you've been following along in your reading plan, uh, you know that we are, we are just entering into this final book in our Bible. And there's a lot of uh, questions surrounding the book of Revelation, right? And there's a lot of that is in the book of Revelation. But one thing that Revelation makes completely clear is that Jesus is our King of kings and Lord of lords. That God is sovereign over all creation, over all time, over all nations. And that he is the source of our joy. 
And so today we're going to be looking at a passage from Revelation 5. Tracy read that for us this morning. And we must remember that Revelation is written to believers who are suffering persecution. They were people who were going through a difficult time. And the overall message of the book is that our hope and joy is found in Christ so that no matter what we face in this world, no matter what circumstances you find yourself in, He is in charge. He is Lord. And all the kingdoms of this world will pass away. All of uh, your circumstances will one day resolve themselves one way or the other. But Jesus will remain. And so our eternal joy is found exclusively in Christ, our resurrected King. And so I, I need to do a little, a little setup here to help us understand what we just heard read in Revelation chapter 5. Uh, the book of Revelation is, is a message from Christ. It says in, in Revelation 1 that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ given to the Apostle John. And so the first few chapters of Revelation, uh, John is, uh, says that he's, uh, he's been in prison on this island in Patmos, and, and he receives this vision from the Lord. And in, in Revelation 2 and 3 are letters to the seven churches. Just a, a few years ago, we preached through each one of those letters and talked about what we can learn from them. But then at the start of Revelation 4, John is, is given this vision. And uh, Revelation 4 and 5 is this sneak peek into this heavenly throne room. And so he sees the Lord seated on a throne. He sees these living creatures and elders surrounding the throne and, and constantly worshiping the Lord. And in Revelation chapter 5, we get this, uh, this question is raised. There's this scroll that the Lord is holding in his hand. And a question is raised, who is worthy to open this scroll? And John looks, and, and, and no one is worthy, right? No, but no angels in heaven, no creatures on earth or under the earth or in the sea. Nobody is worthy to open the scroll. And John is taken aback. He's worried. What's going to happen? That's when an elder points to the one who is worthy. Jesus Christ, the lamb who was slain. He is worthy to open the scroll. See, the first thing we need to know is that joy is found in a personal relationship with Jesus, our risen king. If you want to experience that eternal joy that goes beyond your circumstances, you need to know Jesus and know who he is. Now, Jesus isn't just described as a lamb here. First, he is described as the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, right? Both of those descriptions are pointing to the fact that Jesus is the, the king that was expected. All the way back in the Old Testament, there was this expectation that a ruler would come from the tribe of Judah, a descendant of David, who was going to rule over God's kingdom forever and ever. That promise is traced all the way back to Second Samuel chapter 7, when the Lord promises that very thing to David. And so these references to the Lion of Judah, which is referenced in Genesis 49, this Root of David, which is a reference to Isaiah chapter 11, these are all descriptors pointing to this heavenly king, this Messiah who is going to rule over God's people forever and ever. Jesus is our king, and he is, he does have all authority in heaven and earth. But he's not just king, he's also savior. 
And so as this elder says, look at this lion of Judah, look at this root of David, he has triumphed. John looks and he doesn't see a lion, he sees a lamb, a lamb who appears as if it had been slain. See, not only is Jesus our king of kings, but he is also our high priest who has sacrificed himself in order to save us from our sins. This lamb imagery is is found throughout the Old Testament and the sacrificial system and, and multiple times in the New Testament, we are directed to Jesus as our sacrificial lamb. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, as John the Baptist sees Jesus walking along the Jordan River, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul refers to Jesus specifically as the Passover Lamb. Jesus is the one who has come to lay down his life for us. And that is precisely the reason why he is worthy. So notice what this what what revelation 5 says it says jesus is where this lamb is worthy because he was slain verse 9 you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for god persons from every tribe language people and nation see the reason that jesus is worthy is because he willingly laid down his life i'm a you guys all know i'm a I like uh, superhero movies, I like uh, fantasy novels, and, and uh, I've been a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe since it came out. You know, it's been around for, you know, I think, 15 years now. Uh, but in the original Thor movie, if you guys are tracking with me here, Thor is this, he's, it's drawn from, from Greek mythology, and he's a superhero in this movie, and he has this hammer, right? And, and the only, he's the only one who can lift it, right? And it's this hammer that is the in one sense, the source of his power and his strength. But there's a, the reason why he's the only one that's able to lift it is because only a worthy individual is able to lift that hammer. So in this first Thor movie, right, he is prideful, he is arrogant. And that leads to a lot of problems that he's facing. And so he's actually cast out from his homeland, exiled to earth, and loses all of his power. And the hammer is thrown down and it's stuck there because no one is worthy to lift it. And throughout the course of this movie, Thor must realize that, that he has to overcome his pride, he has to overcome his arrogance. And only when he, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert for a 12, 13-year-old movie, but only when he willingly sacrifices himself in order to save his friends is he finally deemed worthy to lift the hammer and, and the power of Thor is restored to him. Now, if you look back at that movie, you see it's a not-so-subtle reference to the sacrifice of Christ, right? Only when Thor willingly laid down his life for his friends was he then deemed worthy to pick up the hammer once again. And in Revelation 5, we see that Jesus is worthy to open the scroll because he laid down his life for us. See, all of the, the best stories that are out there point to the one true story, and that is Christ. You see, God's ultimate victory looked like defeat. The cross led to the empty tomb. As I mentioned before, Revelation is full of all sorts of maybe difficult to understand images and metaphors and, sim, uh, and symbols. But at the end of the day, the one message of, that, of Revelation that is very clear is that Jesus has triumphed over the enemy. There is no doubt as to the outcome 
Jesus is Lord. In all evil, the enemy, sin itself, will be defeated. It even says here in verse 5, it uses the past tense, looking at the Lion of Judah who has triumphed. The victim died on that cross when he spread his arms out wide and died for you and for me. That is where victory was achieved. The outcome's already been determined. Christ has triumphed. And now we just look forward to the fulfillment or the, the actualization of that victory in our lives and in his creation. But we can live in the knowledge and certain hope of Christ's victory and his return. And so that eternal joy is, is found exclusively in Christ and knowing him as our resurrected king. But then we also have to understand who we are in relation to Christ. Joy is found when we ground our identity, when we define our lives in relationship to him. I was told once recently that one of the most fundamental questions people, young people as well as adults, ask themselves have to do with identity, belonging, and purpose. You see, if we know Christ, if we understand what he's done for us, then we can ground our identity in him. And that's exactly what verse 9 says. Because Jesus died for us, he purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. That's our identity, right? We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have been bought by his blood. And we are now his people, just recently in the Bible study reading plan, uh, we just read through the book of Hosea, which is like this living parable of, of God's love for us. God instructs Hosea to go out and marry this unfaithful woman named Gomer. And over and over again, she is unfaithful to him, just as over and over again, God's people had been unfaithful to the Lord. But the Lord instructs Hosea, go and buy her back. Go and pay the price for her and bring her home. You see, Hosea was helping us understand what Jesus would do for us hundreds of years later. In Christ, God came to rescue us. He came to buy us back even when we were unfaithful to him in our sin. And he didn't pay for that salvation with some silver coins. He paid for it with the very blood shed on the cross. And here's the interesting thing. If you look at the names Jesus and Hosea, they both mean the same thing. The Lord saves. In Matthew 1, when the angel tells Joseph what to name the child, he says, name him Jesus for the Lord will save. He will save people from their sins. Jesus' name means the Lord saves. The same as Hosea's name in Hebrew. We belong to the Lord. He has redeemed us and made us his own. You see, and it's not just for ourselves, but he has, he has brought us into this community of his kingdom, and it's a diverse kingdom. See, it's, we need to remember that the, the gospel is both the most inclusive and exclusive message that this world has ever seen. It's exclusive because we as Christians believe that there's only one way to God. There's only one way to be reconciled to him, and that is through the blood of Christ. He alone is Savior, and it's only by the name of Jesus that people can be saved. And so in that sense, we as Christians believe in a very exclusive gospel message. 
But at the same time, it is the most inclusive message in the world because that invitation is open to everybody, right? No one is restricted from that gospel message. All can hear and respond to the good news of Christ. That's why it's, it's described here, right? People from every tribe, language, people, and nation. God's people are diverse. Doesn't mean we're identical, right? We're not cookie cutters. We are diverse, but we are united together in Christ. You know, heaven's going to be a very interesting place, isn't it? There's going to be a lot of different kinds of people in heaven. People that look different than us, speak different languages, you know, have different ways of doing things. But the one thing that's going to tie us all together is our love for Christ and our, and our, our being united in Him. The distinctions that we think are so important now are going to just melt away. They're not going to matter in heaven because the one thing that matters is our common commitment to Christ, our resurrected King. So we know Christ, we know who we are in Christ, and finally we must know our purpose in Christ. In Revelation 5, it tells us that the reason Jesus came was to die for us, right, to to purchase for himself a people from every tribe and nation and language and tongue, but he also makes them to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God and reign with him on earth. You see, we were called to serve the Lord and represent him well in this world. That was the call from the beginning in Genesis 1 and 2. He, God created Adam and Eve and, and tasked them to care for and steward creation. And they made a mess of it. In Exodus chapter 19, just before giving the Ten Commandments to Israel, he says they are called to be a kingdom of priests to serve him. Well, they ended up making a mess of it too. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, Peter then takes that same language and says, You, as believers, are called to be a holy nation. A priesthood. And yes, we sometimes make a mess of it too. But we are called to represent God in this world, to serve Him well. And we're called to worship Him. We're called to worship Him along with all of creation. Right? There are so many different ways to praise Him, isn't there? And we need different songs, we need different styles, we need different instruments because we can never come up with enough ways to praise God. He is worthy of it all. We need old songs and we need new songs. That's why Revelation song that we sang earlier in the service is so beautiful because it takes the very words that we just read in Revelation and puts them to a song that we can sing together. See, God is infinite. That means we're never going to get to the bottom of his character, of his love, of his goodness. There's always going to be more for us to learn and experience and understand and discover. 10,000 years will just scratch the surface of, of our time worshiping the Lord. And Revelation 5 paints this beautiful picture of what that's going to look like. Notice it says, you know, all of the angels in heaven. And notice John is trying to come up with a number to, to describe that. Numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. My kids have often asked me, what's the biggest number? (laughs) What's the biggest number? Well, we don't have a biggest number, right? It just keeps going on forever and ever and ever, right? That's what infinity means. It never ends. And I think that's what John is trying to describe here. There is a heavenly multitude that is beyond our ability to understand and count praising the Lord. But it's not just them. It says all the creatures in heaven and earth, under the earth, in the sea, all of us are going to join together and praise the Lord together. 
So don't you think we should get used to that now? <laughs> right? We should be willing to praise the Lord now together with old songs, with new songs, but lifting our voices together with all of creation, praising our Savior. See, that's what it means in the end. That joy, right, that we can experience in Christ doesn't have to be something that we wait for when we die. It doesn't have to be something that that comes one day in the future, but it's a joy that we can experience. We can choose to experience here and now by living for Christ, living in light of eternity. We can practice resurrection, right? And what I mean by that is we can live in light of Christ's resurrection and in light of the fact that he is going to resurrect us so that we may live with him forever. And so we can live in light of that, right? We can live as if Jesus is alive today. And that changes the way that we view things. It changes the way that we act. Living kingdom citizens. We're going to spend eternity worshiping and serving the Lord. So we better get, get to it now. And what does that mean for us? It means we should be bold in sharing the gospel with a world that desperately needs to hear it. We need to love people the way that Jesus loved them. Yes, see them as Jesus sees them, not as we want to see them. And we need to learn to let go of this world, all of the joys and the concerns, all of the joys and the hardships. We need to learn to let go of those and take hold of Christ. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this day and thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you together now here in this place, but also in one sense joining together with all creation, all heaven, praising your name. Lord, help us to live in light of eternity and may your presence in our lives fill us with joy. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. As we close our service today, I'm going to be up front here by this front pew. If anybody would like to pray, I'd be happy to pray with you or for you. But I invite you now to stand if you're able. We're going to sing hymn number 145, O Come, All Ye Faithful. Try. 
this Christmas season and truly experience the joy that comes from knowing Christ. And may you share that joy with those that you meet this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You may go in peace.